0: Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia as we venture into our sub-series, Talking TV Trivia. Whenever there's a TV show that catches our attention, this podcast picks a season and explores each episode through trivia. I'm today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom.
1: KJ. And I'm Chris.
0: Chris is still here. He's going to be here. Let's just understand he'll be here for the whole season.
1: I may be here for two more episodes if, if you're if you're listening to the whole series he may be here maybe
0: depends on how this one goes
2: Mm -hmm. depends if he keeps beating me
0: (laughs) for those joining us for the first time we start off each episode with four trivia questions to determine who will earn today's trivia crown then we followed up with a theme discussion associated with the tv episode in this case involving season one of disney's the mandalorian kj tell us about today's tv
3: episode Today we'll be discussing Episode 6, also known as Chapter 6, The Prisoner. This episode was directed by Rick Famuyiwa and written by Christopher L. Yost. There will be spoilers for The Mandalorian up through Episode 6. Feel free to press pause until you are caught up. In Chapter 6 of The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian is once again looking for some credits. This time, we meet up with an old buddy, and the Mandalorian joins a crew on a prison break. In this episode, we meet some heist cliches that would not be out of place in an episode of Mortal Kombat Conquest. I'm the strong one, smash! I'm the girly one with the problem with the Mandalorian, and I'm the quick-witted snarky one that doesn't really trust the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian outsmarts them all, and a few of them end up in a prison cell, and the rest are blown up by the New Republic. Let's jump into the rapid fire questions. Each question will be worth
0: the same amount of points as the number of the questions. So we're going one, two, three, four.
3: It's time for question one.
0: Why did the Mandalorian run with Ranzar Malk's crew back in the day?
3: Locked in. Locked in.
0: Uh-oh. KJ seems excited.
3: I don't know if Chris knew it. Chris was a little slow on the lock-in, so. Locked in.
0: I'm starting with KJ.
3: Well, you know what he said? Target practice.
0: Tom?
2: Uh, it, it, they were able to make a lot of money.
1: Good, good source of money. Chris? The Mandalorian does say target practice.
0: Oh, the points go to uh, 1.2 KJ and 1.2 Chris. Target practice. Apparently... The Mandalorian was a little bit more ruthless in his early days and was just out to hone his skills.
2: Oh, so it was not the
3: money.
0: That eh, was probably good money's to good too,
2: but
3: yeah, you need stuff. Hmm. It's time for question two.
0: What type of droid is Q90, also known as Zero?
1: Locked in.
3: Uh, Locked in. Locked in kj is he an upgraded protocol droid tom i'm gonna say a pilot droid flying droid
0: chris
1: they definitely call him a protocol droid
0: kj's giving you a run for his money today
3: yeah
1: that was sheer luck i was a giant no idea
0: (laughs) kj and chris are each getting two points
2: what what is a protocol droid then it doesn't do anything? Yeah,
0: a protocol droid is exactly what it sounds like. It's really there to um, serve the people its masters in different kinds of preparation for activities, uh, conversation, translation, all kinds of things that involve communication.
2: What is a non-protocol droid?
0: They all I have different it. roles. So Like, like R2-D2 is um, an, Ast- an astromech? Yeah. So they're there to okay. repair ships and help steer and pilot and Kind of different tasks mm-hmm. but uh, for example c3po is a type of protocol droid
2: mm-hmm. who has a specialty in language
0: yes he does but most protocol droids would also have that same specialty because communication okay. is a key part of what they do
2: so they do they don't do flying except this droid who flies
0: well this is a reprogrammed protocol droid because usually they're not mercenaries So, but originally Mm -hmm. he was a protocol droid. So this is an atypical protocol droid. The fact that he's flying and he is a mercenary for hire.
2: So is the droid we meet in the first episode an atypical protocol droid or is he something else?
0: He actually is a mercenary droid. So he is designed.
2: (laughs) Okay. So there's a mercenary droid that is not a protocol droid.
0: Yes. It's a complete, if you (laughs) looked at him, he has the, different guns built in he is meant to kill this one mm-hmm. his original purpose was to facilitate conversation and experiences between whoever he's working with so that's a little bit different mm-hmm. but yes okay. this one is in a different role
3: it's time for question three
0: why does miggs mayfield played by bill burr think is the reason that the mandalorian won't take off his helmet's
2: Locked in. I'll lock in.
0: I don't think Chris liked losing the last episode. He was flawless up till then because he's coming in strong today.
1: I gotta, I gotta prove my worth to the Star Wars episode.
0: <laughs> well, it took both of them to knock you down.
3: <laughs> I can remember them. They're sitting in his ship and they're kind of taunting him, and the the one that kind of looks like uh, like a, a devil or a diablo is about to rip the helmet off. But Mayfield makes it Oh! locked in oh kj um mayfield suggests which is really terrible if you think about it but he suggests that it's uh that the mandalorian is a is a gungan and is embarrassed to be a gungan right that's kind of harsh Ah, uh, yeah I, rem- I just i don't remember
2: gungan i said he's a an unpleasant looking alien <laughs> okay I, I didn't i didn't know it was called a gungan it's the georgia Jar Jar binks thing right Yes, so you you so happy, so yes. you know that hold
0: thing, on. Yeah. But did you when you say unpleasant looking alien, did you know Jar Jar Binks?
2: No, no. Okay, okay. I know he said okay. like a, a word, okay. yeah.
0: Chris, mm.
2: uh, are so gungan looking, aren't you?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh the points are gonna continue to go to KJ and Chris. He he does imply that he's in Gungan and to KJ's point he should be he he should be shamed for being a gungan <laughs> they get a real bad rap in the star wars universe just because of jar jar binks there is a character that is a gungan in one of the books that does not talk like jar jar binks and he gets insulted that everyone thinks he's going to talk like that so yeah they don't all talk like that we have a tie so far going into question 4 this may may be the difference right here. Question four, you got to earn it. Four points.
3: It's time for question four.
0: What is the name of at least one of the X-Wing fighter pilots at the end of this episode? I will accept either the in-universe or real-world name.
2: Locked in. I'm going to lock in
3: something. It's a guess. Locked in. Okay, KJ. I think one of them was Dave Filoni himself. Directing from inside the X-Wing cockpit. Tom? I was going to say
1: Red Fox. (laughs) Chris? Uh, The three pilots were three of the directors from the series. One of them was Dave Filoni. And I don't know what the other two's name are, but I think his call sign is Trapper Wolf.
0: The points, and we're going to go into bonus round here, the whole episode has been going to KJ and Chris, and Tom's been playing along. (laughs) um the three pilots are dave filoni known as trapper wolf rick famuyima who was the director of this episode his name is jib dodger and deborah chow is another one of the directors on the series and she plays sash ketter realistically i thought you might have gotten the references to dave filoni which He's kind of a, a big deal in, in the uh, show and uh, Star Wars, especially like the Clone Wars, the animated series.
1: Yeah, and he always wears wolf shirts. So that's why he was Trapper Wolf.
0: He loves the wolves. That's his thing. Cowboy hats and wolves, right?
1: Sounds
2: like a cool guy.
0: Hey, he's doing very well. <laughs> he's
2: doing very well for himself. Yep. Being a cool He's a man guy. of
1: means in Pittsburgh. Oh,
0: yes.
2: <laughs> and when you're a man of means in Pittsburgh, you've got it going on. That's
0: the barometer. Okay, <laughs> we got to move on to bonus round here. It's still anybody's game.
3: It's time for a bonus question.
0: How much time does the crew have to complete their mission after the New Republic beacon is triggered?
2: Locked in. Oh, locked in.
3: Locked in? KJ? 10 minutes?
0: Tom?
2: I had 10 minutes also. Chris? 15
0: Chris was the closest. The amount was 20 minutes. So Chris is going to get the points.
3: I thought we were adding Tom and I together. Didn't we get it right? If we added ours,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you said you're answering separately. Nice try. You did say that. Yeah, it was 20 minutes. And then the Twi'lek Zeon said they only need five. So they'll be okay. So Chris will take down this episode. He was, lawless in this one just to show you that wombat could have easily been womp rat in the last
3: episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, ma- so many so many regrets so many law- regrets yes
0: loss on a technicality just for humor's sake i understand we do appreciate it the topic for this episode which we'll discuss when we get back from this quick commercial break is the concept of the different genres they played with within this episode and i pretty much refer to it as heist to horror We'll talk about that in a moment.
2: Do you wish your perfect kitchen utility knife could be both effective and suit your personality? At Kyber Knives, we offer the same great technology in all our models while allowing customers complete control on customizing the sleeve of the blade to anything you desire. For a nominal fee, of course. Have you dreamed of shiny Bascar steel encapsulating this luminous blade? We can do it for the right budget. Want it crafted with polished Rancor bone? Take it down, send it in, and we'll do the rest. Custom orders can be shipped anywhere in the known galaxy and certain regions of wild space. Order yours now. Kyber knives.
0: No need to force it. And we're back. Just as I alluded to before we took a quick break, it was interesting to see heist and horror references within the Star Wars universe. So I thought that might be worth uh, talking about a little bit more detail to get everyone's opinions and thoughts about how that happened in this episode.
2: What do you mean by horror?
0: Yeah, at the end of it, when things went wrong, the lighting turned to more of a red flashing lights type situation that had more of a horror type vibe to it. Uh, Again, it didn't play out in a graphic manner but that had more of a horror feel, or at least that's how I took it.
1: It's, yeah, it, it definitely, as soon as he breaks out of the jail cell, I definitely felt like a tension where he was stalking them and he was like the, the prototypical slasher hero, uh, slasher horror villain. And there was even the scene where he's coming up uh, like behind Bill Burr's character with the strobing light. And then he's he's all the way back here in the background. The strobe light goes off, and now he's like super, like way too far is way too far in that little bit of time. And then it strobes one more time, and he's actually completely behind Bill Burr. Then it's very, very like horror esque in that in that scene.
0: Even in Rogue One, at the end of the film, and this is a spoiler if you haven't seen it, when Darth Vader tries to get those plans at the bitter end, and he slaughters all of the, I guess they're. Republic forces I don't even know who they are That they're not rebels are they are they rebel forces
2: yeah they're rebels okay. aren't
0: they? well when he goes through and, and slaughters all of them that also had that same red strobing type light with the playing with the shadow so it, it was very reminiscent of that to me and that's where I came up the heart most of this episode is playing off of the heist trope but there was this introduction and and the reason I brought that up too I'm glad you kind of jumped right into it Tom they don't really play with horror a lot in Star Wars. And in, in fact, many people debate, can they ever go into a true horror movie? Would they do it because of the rating and the audience they try to attract? So that's why I, I wanted to make sure it was really heist to horror, not just a heist.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about. I I think the, the thing with Star Wars is it's this mannequin universe. It's good versus evil. And I think that the the target audience tends to be a little younger. That doesn't mean it also doesn't appeal to adults, but when you're you're kind of setting up ultimate good versus ultimate evil, you have a very wide age range for who, who this appeals to. And horror movies almost by design tend to be targeting older teenagers and people in their 20s. And so I think like a lot of Star Wars doesn't work in horror tropes. Just because it's, it has this kind of larger vision even though the characters do horrible things you know Darth Vader does this kind of horrible things. Um, I, I think the tropes that we see in in this episode which I, I didn't even register as really as horror they do remind me of maybe a little bit of Alien and which if we're going to talk about a science fiction meets horror movie that's that's probably it's like that or event horizon, right? That, that that do these things. And you see a little bit of, of those tropes. And that's the, I think the trope that, that brought me to Alien was um, the ticking clock, right? And then also you have the the thing in the shadows that's stalking. However, the thing in the shadows that's stalking is, is somebody we're rooting for. We, unless we're psychopathic, don't root for the alien and alien.
3: Quote unquote, horror has been done before in Star Wars, but like you say, Tom, in this case, it's the protagonist that's doing the 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 stalker. So yes, the 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 strobe light scene could have came right out of um Halloween. However, it's the good guy that's progressing towards the audience, not the evil.
2: Yeah, you're you're rooting for him. The the villain is is about to
3: to get it.
1: Um, I think I think one of the things that this episode kind of points out, and I think Nick alluded to it in the in the beginning, was that the the Mandalorian apparently wasn't always so nice. That he was ruthless. So I think that a part of this is I was almost showing you that, you know, you've watched him for five or six episodes now. This is episode six, I believe, right? You've watched him for five episodes now, and he has been the quintessential hero. You have rooted for him since the very beginning. He did one kind of bad thing when he gave away the child, but then he immediately snapped back and went back and tried to get him. But we find out here by his introduction to the other mercenaries or bounty hunters that he's worked with them before, that he's been kind of like, I'm going to use these as target practice. And this is maybe him kind of like returning to his roots a little bit. Like maybe this was just a glimpse of what he used to be like. Like when he takes down those droids in the very first scene in the, in the, the boat, I think that's kind of brutal. And they literally are like they stand back and watch him. Because he's he's working so flawlessly, and then he kind of as soon as he's double crossed, he kicks right into this kind of like otherworldly, based on the strobe light thing, otherworldly kind of ability to hunt these people down. So I think that I think it also works on two ways where it's they 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 introduce a little bit of horror, but they also really developed his character a little bit more to tell you that you don't know everything about him. You know what you know, but you don't know everything because he's obviously got something in the past that we haven't explored or or, are touched yet.
0: It's all about perspective. Even in the dialogue, they mentioned an occurrence where he left people behind or he left other people because that's what it needed to take to get the job done. And this was the reverse where they're like, we're going to get back at you for leaving behind. We're going to leave you behind. And what did he do? He did the reverse. He left them behind and actually took out the space station because he knew they were going to double cross him too. They were going to shoot him down on the way out. So, we do get a glimpse of maybe his prior life. He's not, he's not this angel. He's not something. He, he saw the light from this event. If anything, the child had changed his direction, his trajectory, and that's the part that we've joined him for. So yeah, exactly, Chris. We're going back in time to see how he got to where he is today.
1: I have to say that I did like this episode. Uh, I know some people actually think this is the filler episode of the season. Like it it just kind of goes off in this tangent, like, oh, he needs money. So let's waste 40 minutes and watch it. But along with liking Star Wars, I really love D&D. And this this is a Dungeons and Dragons, you know, pug uh, build the group right there in the middle and then just go off on an adventure and crazy stuff happens. Like I really like the idea that you can take these characters that we know, you can introduce characters that you have no idea who they are and just send them on an adventure. And I I like this because this would never be in a movie. This would never this would never be on a big screen somewhere, but it fits here and I like it. And I I, I you, it doesn't advance the plot necessarily of what's going on with the, with the child, but at the same time it gives you some background and the character and stuff that you wouldn't know. And it just introduces you to the species of the universe. Like you see a, a Devorian, you see a Twi'lek, you see all these different kind of characters that maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll get a Mandalorian prequel when we see him with, uh, with this cadre of people in the, in the past, who knows.
0: you also see part of his development, not just his past, but when they're in the control room and there is still one human left In the old days, they would have just dispatched him, whereas the Mandalorian was the only one saying there is a peaceful way to handle this. Based on the door that was cracked open on his past, that's not how it would have been handled before. Uh, A little bit of a deep cut here. That actor, I, I can't recall his name right off the top of my head, but he's very big in the Clone Wars. He voice acted a lot of characters, but the main one being Anakin Skywalker. So he's he's actually uh, very relevant to the overall Star Wars universe.
3: And then as for a heist, Star Wars does heists all the time, right? Solo was just a heist. Um, episode six starts with Luke heisting out, you know, our heroes. Rogue One, if I remember, that's all a heist, right? Get the data. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So as as far as heist goes, this didn't feel like a Star Wars heist, to be honest. But Star Wars is... Does heists kind of all the time.
0: This felt more like a fast and furious heist, yeah. Right, yeah, that's what we <laughs> needed. If Vin Diesel showed up, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, he could have been uh, the Devo- Was it Devorian? What's it called?
1: Yeah, it. Devorian, I believe. Yeah.
3: He could have just been Vin Diesel. Yeah, it's all about family. <laughs> yeah,
1: if, if, if only it wasn't the Kurgan. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I I think this this episode was. I I mean, I I appreciate your comments about this is something you wouldn't see on the big screen. It's it's very tailored to television. Um, I I think what drove me crazy was a lot of the supporting actors were a little, um, you know, they, they're they're not they're not what we call playing an objective. They're playing an attitude. There's a lot of attitude that, yeah, you know, especially the uh the, the tra <laughs> The
1: what <Twi'lek. laughs>
2: We like, thank you. Yeah. Oh God, her she drove me crazy. I, I just I wanted somebody to kill her as soon as possible.
1: That was one of the things that really drew me to the, the comparison with D D. Like you have these like very disparate personalities and everybody's playing a personality. Mm-hmm. They chewed the scenery hundred percent. They they were definitely like going full tilt into what their their character's persona was. And I, I kind of like mm-hmm. that, especially if it's like a one-shot. Like if I'm playing a one-shot of any game, I want to just dive in headfirst and be one hundred and ten percent what that person's stereotype is. So like, oh, so this tweet like likes to throw knives. I'm 110% going to always be playing with a knife and hissing as I'm, as I'm speaking. Like, that's it, exactly what I felt when I watched it. They were like going all the way with every single move they made.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there's also a difference between playing an objective and playing an attitude, right? So you can do all that stuff as long as it's in service of a goal the character is pursuing, as opposed to a demonstration of her tweelexness or, or, you know, her, her, uh, you know, taunting. She likes to taunt him, right? She's taunting him for no real, she's taunting him for a reason, but we don't see her playing that reason. She just kind of, this is what she does. Well, there
0: is a reason. Um, that, they allude that they had a relationship yeah, the, in the past.
2: The, there's a, there's a reason, but she's not playing yeah. that, right? She's not, she's just sort of doing the attitude. And that's what drove me crazy—not the idiosyncr- idiosyncratic characters or the you know idiosyncratic species. Um, it was you know that kind of thing. I just was like, I wanted to throw something at the screen <laughs> because of her. But 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 I do I did like the the smallness of it—the sort of Saturday morning, um, the Saturday morning serial feel—that uh, I think this show actually by the end of it seems to be more and more seems to do more and more and actually works pretty well for this format. So, so those aspects of it I like.
0: The reason I kind of gave it a pass for that is I know when you don't have enough time to introduce all these characters, the easiest way to do it is pretty much keep them very one-dimensional. So... Yeah,
2: yeah it's it's not even the, the dimensionality. It's really like how the character pursues, how the character uses her lines, I guess would be the best. Using them to do something as opposed to... You know, doing like an impression of of someone, right? When you do an impression of someone, you're really not like pursuing an objective. You're just doing that, right? It's very different to be James Earl Jones and doing something with those those lines, and then doing an impression of James Earl Jones as as Darth Vader. Um, that that's what took me out of the episode.
0: I get it. It's be- being versus playing, right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a good. I'm, I'm
1: kind of curious what the prosthetics did because, you know, the Twi'lek has those gigantic Liku coming off her mm-hmm. head. that Like you could see just how uncomfortable they look. They were super stiff as she was moving yeah. her head around. <laughs> and then the yeah. uh, the Devorian, or I'm, I'm pronouncing that definitely wrong uh but he's got the gigantic cords and the face paint so i'm sure he was in the makeup chair for hours upon hours and don't get me wrong other actors definitely can sit in a makeup chair and still perform very admirably but i wonder if that maybe and time constraints of shooting a tv show if any of that Mm -hmm. kind of hampered their ability to do it as well yeah yeah sure
2: and also the the thing so just a general question about star wars why do they build doors That shut at such a rate that they kill people when they close. Imagine if you went to the the supermarket and the door closed so fiercely, it decapitated. I can answer it. I I, I can answer it. Oh, God. Okay. So Mm -hmm.
0: if you're losing air pressure in the vacuum of space, you need that thing to close Mm -hmm. instantly. And the other one was a blast shield. So one was defensive. Uh, One is for safety mm -hmm. and one is for defense. So you do need it. Mm-hmm. seal it in yeah. airtight mm-hmm. and that still didn't take down that guy by the way we thought that was going to be a callback to what they did with the oh my gosh where's all my Star Wars knowledge going today the Quarren. not the the quarry yeah so they, they almost had a callback to what they did with the corn in the first episode in the, in the bar where the door took him out literally cut him in half yeah. but the other guy is much bigger and survived although unfortunately his horns broke
2: <laughs> oh poor guy <laughs> Hopefully they grow back.
3: Hopefully the like shark teeth—they just keep coming. Where do the doors go? I'm just thinking, they gotta have a lot of room between floors in this.
0: Pocket doors. There's those are some big pocket doors, KJ. but up
3: and down, right? Like they gotta have.
0: Well, some side by side oh, okay, and up and okay. down, right? Because usually
3: they go. Yep. Sh- yep. Sh-
0: <laughs> That's the engineer of the group right there. <laughs> How do they work mm. the doors?
2: Where the doors go. <laughs> and why? So and on Quarren then. That door was like a blast door because it wasn't in space. Hold
0: on. Quarren is a species.
2: The, the <laughs> door that cut the guy in half. I guess he's a Quarren. Oh, he's a
0: Quarren. That I don't remember okay. what planet that was, but that one actually closed like a circle. I don't know how to explain it.
2: Yeah. But why did that? Why do we have a door
1: there? That's that not in space. People? That's
0: oh oh, that's just how the door works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Advance the plot and capture Yeah, I was
0: a plot device. There yep. you go. Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm. Is what it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> used ship door. They they got a good deal on it because it used to be on a. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good. <laughs>
0: Check out our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com for more information about us and our episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts as well as our YouTube channel. We are extremely grateful for any positive reviews as those help others like you find us. If you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe to our show. What's your favorite heist film or show and why? Leave a comment on our YouTube channel and let's continue the conversation. Thanks for joining us today, Chris.
1: I had to come back and avenge my loss from the last episode, so I look forward to the next one and the next one after that.
0: Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Where could the rest of you be
3: found? You can find me on Twitter at Thomas Lehman fifteen, and you can find me on Twitter at KJ one thousand one thousand. And my favorite heist film is The Sting. Have you guys seen The Sting? I have. Yeah. I- I love that. I
0: don't know how I haven't seen it. It's I always get referenced as. You saw I,
3: it with I mean, me. Oh, <laughs> I don't
0: know why I don't remember seeing it with Tom.
2: Oh, oh, actually, you might have seen Butch Cassidy. Yeah, I think
0: I did. I don't think I saw this thing.
2: Yeah, it's same director and same actor. Yeah, director, yeah, I don't think so I saw yeah, this yeah. thing, but I, I, yeah. I've
0: heard good things about it when it comes to the heist genre. I can also be found on Twitter at the nickname. Join us next time as we continue the Mandalorian with Chapter Seven: The Reckoning. Talk to you then. I got lost on Tom's face exercises. Then. <laughs> he <was> like,
2: like, <laughs> my nose is crooked. It drives me crazy.
0: No, like, you like notice? You're doing like warm up, like vocal, like, uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, No, it's just,
3: you can I'm, see if I do this, my nose is actually crooked. I'm impressed at the range that you can, like, yeah. Like if they ever needed to be witched, you'd be. I <laughs> would be hey, what's her name? Balance. Elizabeth. <laughs> All right, it's <they're> getting weird. <laughs> <laughs>